Hey, welcome back to the Racking Focus podcast. I'm Josiah Blizzard. And I'm John Doyle. And we're again here at the United Artists uh, Regal Theater in King of Prussia. We're here to see Dark Phoenix, and uh, it's going to be an interesting film as they pretty much rewrite the ending of the previous trilogy to X-Men. So, I don't know if you're excited about it, but... I'm super excited about the film. Yeah. I have a long history with these stories, yeah. but I have no idea what to expect with the amount of retconning we can Yeah, as long tonight. as it's better than X3, then I'll be happy. Big win. Yep. All right, ready to go? Yeah, let's go. I like the You're listening to the Racking Focus Podcast. All right, we're here at the theater. The movie just ended, and we're going to interview people as they walk out of Dark Phoenix. I don't know. It's hard to describe. I, I was surprised about it. Yeah? Yeah, I never read the comic book of it. Right, I never did either. He's a big comic book nerd. I am not. Um, the comic book came out way before I was born. Way somewhere. before. Yeah, when, yeah. Were, when were you born? 2000. 2000. Oh, you're, you're really young. Okay, cool. <laughs> yes. I'm, okay, cool. I'm, I'm a little bit older than you, but I have never read any <laughs> of these comics. It's tell anyway. Yeah. I, I have not seen any of these comics. Um, the what was your favorite was, part of the film? What did you like about it? I don't have a favorite part because it's so good, you just, I don't have a favorite part cool. anymore. So you, if you were to uh, rate this like one being I, awful, I would give ten Marvel being, five stars. Actually. Just for five stars? Yeah. Cool. Cool. It's a, it's a decent movie. Decent movie. Take yeah. your family out. Cool. Oh, it was great. Uh, I liked the action and everything, and it kind of leads me open and wonder what's next for it, you know, because I, I watched uh, somebody pass away and I was surprised. Okay, good. I was surprised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, I was, I was uh, like I said, it was, it was amazing. Did you like it? Did you I hate hated it? it? You hated it? <laughs> why, did you, why did you hate it? It did not do the X-Men series any justice. I, I, it was a bad ending to the X-Men. I think I agree with, okay. I think I agree with you on that. Yeah, I think I, I think I do. I have some issues with it as well. Yeah. Um, what was one thing you maybe did like about it? <laughs> the eye candy of Magneto. <laughs> eye candy that is Magneto. <laughs> All right, you can start this time. I feel like I started every time. You're going to start it up. All right, so we're uh, back after seeing Dark Phoenix uh, at uh, the United Artists in King of Prussia. And um, I have to say that uh, I was uh, happy about a lot of things. Uh, there was some stuff that I struggled with. But um, as a movie, uh, we have a bug. Oh, we have a bug. That's exciting. It's our first, uh, it was our first bug. Our in first it. bug in the right. car while we're reviewing, I guess. There was some stuff I liked a lot. Um, it was interesting. It followed uh, a very traditional plot of let me uh, ask do you only like those things because you've read the comics oh so i'm gonna say uh, i think there are some things that i like because of the comics mm -hmm. i would also say this is not uh at all accurate to the story of the comics oh, okay gotcha so there you go. is is the previous trilogy more accurate to the comics than this no <laughs> no, there's, um, I mean, th there's some character things that may be closer along the way, right. uh, especially because they're all more mature in the uh, comics. Yeah, we're older, right. Uh, yeah, but uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. Um, yeah. So what do you think? Um, you know, I have to agree with our friend Tamara. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I sat there. I had my eyes closed a few times. I don't know if you could feel the energy coming from my seat. Um, there's, I certainly felt the breathing. Yeah, there was a, there was a lot of sighing. Um, it, this felt like a fan film that was strewn together by a, a writer who likes to tell, not show, and likes to give a lot of info dumps because they don't know how to write. Uh and there was no, it didn't, there was no structure, it felt like to me. Like, I know you're saying it was very, like, normal, but the whole time I'm like, this doesn't feel like a movie. It feels like a whole bunch of separate scenes that have just been kind of compiled together um, to create a story that might have been there at one point. And I felt so bad for the actors because it was just a disservice to the incredible actors that are in this I think the actors show. are better than the movie, for sure. Absolutely, right? yeah. Um, and in particular, our Dark Phoenix, our Jean mm. Grey, really yeah. is working out there, right? Like, she's yeah. doing some very serious work out there. There is, uh, I felt like, you know, after watching her as Sansa Stark, I felt like there was a lot of writing that was holding her back because you have such a strong character in Game of Thrones that she can actually play with the character and she can make creative decisions and she can... Um, you know, show off her chops or acting, but like in here, it felt like she was very limited to a 
the the box that they put her in, she can't do anything outside of like what the director is telling her to do. Like, Let's loop back around to story in a second. Yeah, Let's yeah, talk yeah. about a couple of film things. Okay. One thing I want to say about the filmmaking of this is it felt very much like a television filmmaking style. Mm-hmm. The, the, there was not a tremendous amount of creativity in shot variety. Yeah. You know, shot, reverse shot, maybe making some adjustment in that, which I thought may have also underplayed what the film was possible of doing. Right. I think there was a lot of camera movement without camera movement with without with purpose. purpose. Yeah. 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 There was that moment early when uh, Gina's at the uh, school and the school, she, you know, the camera just drops down and the school gets big, but really she gets big in the shot. And I'm 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 not sure either of those thoughts were the thoughts that was going through the camera's mind. I think the camera yeah. was just it was creating just, a different dimension. Yeah, yeah the can the cinematography's nothing special, and it does it's not even nothing special to where it blends in with the film. It kind of is like, why is that shot there? Like that doesn't need to, like there's just things that happen. Um, yeah, I just didn't like. It. <laughs> I really just I I almost fell asleep at one point because it felt like I could I could see when we broke into well maybe I th- I thought I could when we broke into um act 2. Obviously, you have the in- inciting incident of her taking on the the storm or whatever right. that thing is that that material, that, that material right. right? Um and so you have an inciting incident that's probably about twenty minutes into the film. No, maybe 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 a little bit earlier than that. Maybe it fifteen. Could be earlier than that. Maybe fifteen minutes, um, and then uh, breaking into two. Oh, when was that? Oh, it was oh, it was. Uh, hey, spoilers! Letting you know. That's right. Spoilers, because I'm about to spoil. Uh, killing Mystique slash Raven um, is is that break into two right. of. And then it felt like we were in Act Two for a very, 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 very long time. Um, you know, I think of get, when you get into three is when the main character decides it, they're going to make a change or uh, go after the the bad guy, or you right, know what I mean. Right. And that was the last like seven minutes of the no, movie. for sure. The the uh, it feels to some extent like, and I think your point about this sort of being broken and in these sort of fragmented parts. Mm. It does feel like there are three acts and it feels like those three acts are doing different things. Yeah. And that last act feels like it's just the place where we're going to place the big action set piece. Yeah. It was, it was like all based around what she does at the end. Um, There's also something I hate is I hate when movies rely on flashbacks to change their characters' minds. Um, That bothered the, Oh, it bothered me so much because I knew I knew we were going to rely on this flashback the second we were in the flashback, in the beginning, in the, in the movie, in the in the beginning of the movie when right. it said 1975, and Charles goes up to her in his wheelchair and is literally like it's like three scenes in a row of we're going to hammer you over the head with uh, this now so that you don't forget about it when we bring it up again in about an hour and fifteen minutes, hour well, and thirty minutes. It's like almost artificial plant and payoff, right? Like yeah, one hundred percent. You're really completely planting yeah. these things only because you're going to revisit, as opposed to pay them off, right? Right. right. Like that's definitely a choice, um, and and I so I can buy that. I see where you're. Where yeah. You're oh, it drove me. It drove that. me crazy. I was. I didn't like the film at that moment. It was like ten minutes into the movie, right? And I said, "This movie's not going to do it for me." I made the decision in my head, which may have affected the, my overall enjoyment right. of the film because I already said this is going to be poorly written, but I think I was right in my assumption um, because I there was, again, dialogue that was said and just like, I don't know how to explain it. The dialogue was said multiple times from Jean. If I heard her say, I can't control it one more time. Right. You'd have you lost don't control. Need to, you don't need to, yeah, I would have, I would have completely <laughs> lost control in the theater. Um I just don't need to hear you say that. I think it was like five or six times to different people. I'm like, this, there could be so many other scenes happening that you could have written because we already know as the audience that she can't control it. Stop going to new people and telling people that. Like, just just show me things. Don't tell me things. So The reorganization of uh, players mm-hmm. was also strange, right? Mm-hmm. So we don't have Quicksilver for the la- back half of the right, film. Right, And, I mean, I'm not sure why we don't have him there. It looked like he got a bruise on his face or scraped his face, and that was... 
Yeah, I, I guess. I don't know. I, I mean, I wanted to see him in that action. Yeah. He's interesting. He's, yeah. I mean, visually, he's super interesting. And we just don't have that. Uh, and present. he's the comedic relief. Absolutely. And he was missing this entire film. Yeah. There was nothing to break tension. Yeah. We, and we see people who I, I don't know if they think they're fan favorites because I think Quicksilver is a fan favorite. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Storm we see with all of this power, but that power is wildly limited mm. in the offensive in the last yeah. half of the film yeah i just thought that the 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 individual characters there was there was a couple of big like um i want to say easter eggy style moments so um, when they're in the woods having their dance mm -hmm. that sparkly singer is yeah. a character named dazzler yeah there's almost a moment that was the cover of a comic book where cool. she's introduced which is right around this period right in the comics. I thought she was so cool. Yeah, and just uh, yeah. there and gone, right? Yeah. And there are, one of the things I like about this particular uh, world of mutants is we keep getting to meet mutants in a minor way. Mm -hmm. And and so we see like an interesting thing that works, like that right. idea of being able to communicate with everyone, right? So like, yeah, right, you right. know, like that's an interesting thing. Like the power, you're able to cheat the whole movie by, you can, make a person have a power that works perfectly right, in the film. Right. and i love that like that's yeah. fun yeah but then when you start pulling people off the board like and we you know the chess match at the end you don't play without placing all your pawns on the board you don't right. play without placing your knight and your queen on right. the board and i felt like those characters were constantly sidelined yeah um in favor of um uh, I don't. I don't even know in favor of what. I don't know. Right. right. Um, maybe straightforwardness. Maybe simplicity. I don't. I don't know the answer. When you have so many attackers at the end, yeah. you've really sidelined a lot of your characters. Right. It's really weird to me. It's just strange. There's and you know another problem that I have is uh, uh, with the entire antagonists, and I say multiple because you're not sure who is the bad guy in this movie. Like uh, yeah. the worst. Like. You have Xavier, who's a bad guy to certain people. You have Magneto, who's a bad guy to certain people. You And then you have Beast, who's a bad guy to certain people. And then, obviously, Jean as the overarching. Maybe she's a villain, but let's redeem her, maybe not. And then you have Jessica Chastain's character, who I don't know what her name is, and that's yeah, a, probably and, an issue. Well, I think, she, I think she may be playing the White Queen, and that may be the Hellfire Club. But that's mm -hmm. not really the comic. Right. It's just a... It's a I mean, you know... Gotcha, that's, yeah, that's the, right the piece where that's fitting into uh, right easter egg wise or whatever uh, uh, resonance wise and so her entire species is obviously earth's antagonist in a mm -hmm. way right they just want to destroy it so as as the audience you're supposed to say hey they're the actual bad guys that you should all be fighting against because it's uh, we're resonating with our planet uh and i can't resonate with the x-men as much other than knowing them on a personal right. basis and hoping that gene doesn't die for scott's sake because i and for, you know what i mean like there's just like this, this empathy that you feel mm -hmm. for other people um but i hate i hate i hate i hate when uh plot armor protects every single good guy in the movie and then gene goes and just obliterates the other species um at the end like jessica chastain's walking by and like we're just gonna put you to sleep go to sleep and then Gene's like dusting them like Thanos at mm -hmm. the end. You know, I just don't, I hate that stuff. When it must have sucked when they were working on the special effects for this and then they realized, oh crap, it's already been <laughs> it's done. It's already like, been done, yeah. Or, oh, maybe we'll just steal <laughs> that model. Hey man, can Whatever. you send me over the project file for yeah. the Thanos snap? Like, yeah, we're, yes. gonna, we're just going to increase the size of <laughs> yeah, the, the polygons. The, yeah, right. And then we'll, that's <laughs> we're going to make the dust a lot bigger. Right, it's yeah. just big chunks. It's going to be blocks. Chunky instead. Yeah, it's yeah. chunky. <laughs> um, one thing I want to say from a story standpoint is this i would never want to fly a helicopter in the x-men universe i was dude i was just gonna say there was a moment where i said where i was thinking um you know like the whole uh you know if you see a gun in the first act it's gonna be fired in the yeah, third yeah, act yeah, yeah. this is if you see a helicopter not get brought down in an x-men movie in the second act it's gonna be brought down in the third uh i because I, I think there was only two helicopters that were brought down was there more no, than two? I, I think there's more than two helicopters that are brought down. I think there are two in that last sequence. Oh, there's there definitely two? the one. Oh, the no, one, you're right. You're then right. Then there's the one that gets nope. yep. flipped, right? Yep, you're like right. Because the, there's the one where the uh, guy comes in through the front, and there's the one That's that right. gets destroyed. There and then, could be four or five different yeah, helicopters yeah, yeah. that go and down. And that tremendous moment of the helicopter that doesn't get destroyed, yeah. but it's like, I don't, I'm not even sure, like, 
tossed. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> released. He, he tossed. Magneto yeah, tossed them, right, boom. to get them away. Uh, but I, yeah, just not flying. Not, I am not, not flying in the air. In a helicopter. Uh, or trains. Don't go in trains either. Yeah, trains don't um, work. Trains well. are no good. Um, bridges, stay off the bridges. Anything that is a metallic vehicle, yeah. which is every vehicle ever. So don't, maybe a skateboard. No, it has metal tracks. No, it has metal tracks uh, right, or whatever. Yeah, you're, really, you're, you're, you're really there's, limited to your shoes. There's nothing good, but you have to say yeah. that the worst was the helicopter. Yeah, there's without, no without doubt, it. without doubt. Unless you all pile on the helicopter at the same time and you can get pushed off. Right, exactly. I don't know, I don't know why they all got on. <laughs> No, I would not. Have I would have been like, no, get out. <laughs> know, get out like, of the copter. <laughs> you know, the guy says, I can't control this. Yeah. I'm not, well, get in. Get in. Get in. <laughs> no. It does not seem like a good idea. Um, but I guess oh. fear is a motivator. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I, the other thing I thought was a, the big fight in New York outside, outside what I think is the Hellfire Club mm-hmm. was difficult to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some yeah. pretty difficult moments to track there. What was going on with Nightcrawler was difficult to be clear yes it was interesting was she taking control of his mind is that what was happening that's what was happening but why that meant i mean were they just ping-ponging him i think so she kept holding her knife out right so i was thinking she was trying to control his teleportation into the knife and i'm only making this up right now because i couldn't comprehend it while watching the movie um it's a it was a complex thing and i thought they did some cool stuff with nightcrawler i actually think one of mm-hmm. the best uses of a mutant power was nightcrawler i think yeah. the opening sequence with the other spaceship yeah with nightcrawler was great right um and i do think they've captured his powers um physicalization really well like yeah. it manifests in an yeah. interesting way uh i struggle always with scott summers with cyclops i mm-hmm. uh the comic wants to explain what's coming out of his eyes and how it functions right but it does it, I mean, it has a lot of softness vagary in mm-hmm. the, in the movies right um, which is easily remedied in a comic because of the clarity of line and right. here everything's living and it, it poses some problems but i thought they did a really nice job with nightcrawler and yet that moment was was confusing to yeah. me um and uh you know so so from a comic book standpoint there was a lot of things i sort of like from a comic book standpoint yeah um but it isn't because it was the comic you follow me right it's because I saw things that I recognized right. visually that were interesting to me or interesting manifestations of what right. was there. I struggle with Professor X in the comics. I struggle with Professor X in the movie. Yeah. Uh, I struggle with this relationship with Magneto that is interesting, but um, simply repetitious, rep- repetition, right? Yeah, it, it ha- just, they're friends, they're not friends, they're friends, they're not friends, they're friends, they're not, it just cyclical they just have disagreements but they both agree on they want to do what's best for mutants right right they just believe what they're doing is wrong um with what the other person's doing i don't know how to say that right but um they disagree with their their methods they just have the same heart uh for the for the species but um the yeah. nice scenes. Tell me about any nice scenes, any nice acting scenes you thought were there, any um, moments where you thought people were working together at least, even if the dialogue wasn't meeting the uh, standard. So. And there's not yeah, a lot of them, right? Gosh, so um, I just keep going to character issues. Yeah. Character issues upon character issues. Um, contradictions that keep coming up. Um, so I loved the opening scene with the spaceship. You brought that up already. Um I loved the uh, camaraderie. I loved the, um, you know, the subtle hand on Gene's shoulder from Scott. Like I just like there was a team function, you know, happening. Uh, I loved how they worked together. You know, you have these calls like Storm freeze the, you know, close up those holes, and you know they all, you know, they had a plan. Like they, they, you can mm-hmm. tell they've trained, that they've worked together, that this is something that they've been doing for a while. Um, which is why when like they go off the rails and they kind of split a little bit, it just doesn't make sense because they should be so close yeah. that any sort of betrayal, like Hank shouldn't be able to um, betray Jean the way he does. Yeah. After seeing her take on a freaking, like whatever that material stuff is, right? Because he clearly knows and he gave her the test. Like, 
you're, you're off the charts. Like there's something different about you. There's something wrong. But it was you that killed, right? Like there's just issues and mm -hmm. after issue, like character wise, even with Magneto, who wasn't in the first half of the film, he straight up tells her, uh, I was vengeful. It didn't fulfill me. So I stopped killing except now that you killed Raven, I'm going to become vengeful again, yeah. even though I know, and I've told you and I've told the audience that it doesn't fulfill me. So why is he doing it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this island he has, which is interesting, mm -hmm. like actually an interesting I would have loved society, yeah, right? Yeah, I um, see more of that. Is, is it made up of all angry, mean-spirited mutants, mutants who right. just have given up vengeance? Right. Can um, we get Magneto's home for angry mutants? Yeah, yeah right. you know. Yeah. I want to talk about music for a moment or two because it's in my head. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, so... Uh, on three, let's say what we thought about the music. Did you like it? Did you hate it? Ready? Oh, I can't use that language. I use different language. Did you enjoy it? Did you not enjoy it? Is that more? No. Did just it tell, fit the just say what you I didn't say. like the music. I thought it telegraphed everything. Really? The film. I, I didn't like it. I just thought it was like okay. a telegraph. I mean, uh -huh. it was, it was all, it, so there was that moment where the family was, there were the, whatever, the friends were having dinner yeah, yeah, yeah. before the aliens arrive and take over. Oh, right, right. right. Um, and we're having this, there's this like light music with the dinner party and she walks out the door and the dog is barking at darkness and the music it literally it's, said, it's, hey, listen, sh something's going to happen right now. I think that's probably why I didn't like it. Yeah. It yeah. just over and over again, the music was telling me what was going to mm -hmm. happen next. Not what was happening while I was watching it, but what was going to happen next. It mm -hmm. always was proceeding. And I don't necessarily think that's definitively a bad thing, but it might be a bad thing if it happens consistently. Yeah. Um, and it might be a bad thing if I'm thinking about the fact that it's What's there. this music telling me? Yeah. yeah right. Or no, this music's telling me. Like, not yeah. what is it. There was no question. Yeah. I just right. kept feeling like, ooh, we're in the, we've just gone into a minor key where, where this is the sinister sound. Like, <laughs> and, and, and so we're, this is, so, you know, that stuff starts flying at, um, at Gene, the, whatever, the uh, solar flare, alien, yeah, yeah. phoenix material, whatever. Right. Starts flying at her and the music just goes, Wrong danger time. Uh -huh. She's going now. She's she's traumatized. She's obviously traumatized. Yeah. When they were driving, the yeah. music switched in the car before the accident. Yeah, no, the music, and that's why I hated it because it, the music again added to the choppiness of the scenes. It didn't it didn't help you understand characters. It didn't help you understand anything that was happening other than is this good, bad, suspenseful. It just told you how you should feel rather than how you do feel. Um, so so if yeah. I asked you this, if mm -hmm. this was a movie you'd seen as a television movie, like you saw it on TV first. Like as in it was like a Netflix, like... Like a net, like a Netflix is making work that's too good for us to use it. Okay. Like an ABC X-Men. Okay. Would that change your opinion? Does it being Would it, movie, does it become better? Does it become better, or at least does it become less? It becomes it becomes more target. tolerable. There, that's what um, I'm gonna say. It doesn't become any. It doesn't become good. I don't think the uh, the location that you're broadcasting something makes something good or great, bad. Great. I think that the I think the filmmaking and the pacing. I think if this was split into uh, two one hour. Uh, pieces right it would be much better right or three one hour pieces three, like 43 three, 45 minutes, minutes, right? yeah Something like that. it would be much better yeah agreed uh it's it comes down to pacing for me um i want to say one thing about this dog barking at the darkness yeah, okay. um as a dog owner who has a wife who's paranoid about everything there is no chance that <laughs> she would she would one go to the dog barking out in the woods and two tell the dog it's okay and then begin to walk towards whatever they're barking at never ever would that happen ever it doesn't matter who you are it does it does not matter so sorry i have to get that off my chest because no, i good. thought about it i think i took my glasses off and i did this sort of deal and then i put my glasses back on and then saw aliens coming out of the woods yeah th there were plenty of people not plenty because there weren't that many people in the <laughs> end but there people were making decisions that I don't necessarily buy you'd make in yeah. the moment. And certainly the Charles Xavier, like I'm I'm also not a big fan of this sort of retconning the goodwill of characters. Mm -hmm. I don't need to see Magneto and Xavier in this like constant battle for good and evil right. in themselves. I'm much more interested in, in their charges mm -hmm. and what happens to them and how they exist and deal yeah. with it. And I'll tell you what where this goes. Like it's about Deadpool. Yeah. So Deadpool is 
great, right? Right, right. And part of it is we have a character, and we have these characters who we're interested in yeah. from Xavier's school. And right. it's not about some great, like, teen angst drama, and it's not about uh, false drama um, of the world of the mutants. It's like, here are some people who are going to do something, and they're interesting people. Yeah. And let's watch how they deal with a difficult right. situation. And and I think that's one of the reasons Deadpool functions, or at least those supplementary characters function in Deadpool, and why this struggles. Well, yeah. So okay. So talking about that real quick, you have something in, um, you know, I was listening to an interview with George R. R. Martin. Uh -huh. um, I believe it was him, and they he was talking about, or some maybe somebody was talking about how George writes. Maybe that that's what it was. And they were talking about you have plotters and you have pantsers. And plotters are somebody who they sit there and they write and they plan out all of the major points within this story, right? So you have these these major aspects that you're going to hit, and now it's writing about how to bridge those segments. Right. And then you have pantsers, and they're called that because they write because they're flying by the seat of their pants. And they write as if they're the character discovering what's happening in that moment. And this film felt very, let's plot everything out and figure out how to get there. Because there was no self-discovery that I found for any of those characters. Everything felt pre-planned uh, and nobody's discovering how, they, it's just like, okay, this character needs to go from A to B, where, okay, so this is gonna happen, and this is what they're gonna do. And the mindset of that character is affected because the writer's mindset is affected because they know what's going to happen in the future rather right. than writing as if you're that character figuring out the reaction and what is this person feeling in this moment? What would they do if a dog is barking into the woods and you can't see what's out there? And then you decide not to use the dog barking. Yes. Right. right. The, the, the choices are then dogs. made right. um, and you find out how to get them to be in a way that's realistic for the characters to get to that to that, to that point and there's no right or wrong way to write you can do both but i think you just have to be very conscious about if you are doing one or the other there's negative aspects and positive aspects to both this took it into the negative i think yeah so. yeah great all right so one more question for you i'd like mm -hmm. off the top of my head because this is something as the movie was coming to a close that yeah. was stuck into my head um i had the is it possible for the x-men to enter the marvel cinematic universe and not these x-men but the concept of x-men as we've seen on film um I think a limited number of X-Men can enter the Marvel, uh, you know, this gateway. Um, and I think if they're going to do it, it's going to be through whatever multiverse is set up in Far From Home. Uh, that's just a prediction. I don't know. I, I struggle with the thought of even a multiverse within the real right. uh, life, you know, uh, live action films. Because in, in um, Enter, uh, Enter the Spider-Verse, Into the Spider-Verse, totally fine because in the freaking title it's a multiverse movie right, right? you get it um, and it's closed at the end so I think opening up a multiverse is hard that wasn't your question but I think maybe and if they do Deadpool has to be involved I think in some way even if it's just like slightly small little cameos I don't know I don't know how they would do it but yeah, I don't know. I, it's certainly, it, you can never have movies that are this much about upset people mm -hmm. You know, yeah, everybody is too traumatized. People are really living in with a measure of, like, I can be a sad dude sometimes, and I can <laughs> be frustrated, but uh, you know, I, I th that isn't the way the world is, right? Yeah. It's the way I am, and yeah. I need to change that when I'm like that to right. keep going. And I feel like sometimes we see here that these guys are all like. Ugh, like struggling and I'm, yeah. I'm full of angst and yeah, I live in this huge house for free yeah. and get free education yeah with like all these cool people <laughs> who know. love me and all these gonna... stupid powers yeah you know the the raven character is just so unbelievably yeah. disillusioned about everything right. and and things may not be great but things you can be angry but not like, oh, I'm so serious. And, yeah. You know, I'm, it's really hard to breathe with these things because of my belly. Oh, my <laughs> God. And so, like, I struggle with that. I don't see how that sits next to uh, Tony Stark and, right, and right, uh, right. Cap Steve and, Rogers right, in, yeah. in the cinematic, Marvel yeah. cinematic universe. And it, it, in a way, this is in between what DC does, where DC has been doing. They're making some adjustments. Mm -hmm. And Marvel, mm -hmm. this sits somewhere in between. Right, right, right. But right. it still feels angsty to no, me. No, I, I get, no, I feel I feel you, that you know 100%. The only, maybe, maybe the only way they are introduced is through a, you know, you can't have two different teams like this coming together. 
uh, uh, unless it's Guardians integrating, mm-hmm. right? But maybe it's it's a it has to be a larger scale film, right? The X Men take one area, the Avengers take another area. New York, DC, whatever. I don't know something like that. I don't know how they do it, but they can't merge fully. Mm-hmm. I think they have to stay separate uh, entities. So, um, last question: Better than X three or no? Ugh, I knew you were going to ask that question. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. Yeah. But I would say better than X3 for two reasons. There's a thing that happens to Scott Summers in X3 that's for stupid. It's uh-huh. stupid. Uh-huh. And the last sequence with the uh, reforming Wolverine uh-huh. is potentially one of the best ideas ever. So poorly executed. <laughs> that last sequence in that movie uh-huh. was stupid. Awful beyond awful beyond awful. Yeah. It just didn't make any sense. Right. And the comic goes cosmic right. to deal with this, right? So this comic, this, this storyline goes cosmic. Um, and I like the cosmicness of this. But I, that, that, and that X3 and that movie, when they cross that bridge, from the moment they get on that bridge, you, <laughs> you could really literally like da-da burn the back end of that film for me yeah and i'd be happy you'd be fine it's the same as like i'm uh, you know of the greatest moment in deadpool it's when deadpool fixes the timeline of the previous appearance right wolverine film like those movies that period of x-men making so poor Mm -hmm. um and i and i'm not saying about the the ones before that but that one that one and and wolverine origins and whatever just horrible we don't talk about that so yeah so no so just (laughs) no if this is better it's better i'm yeah absolutely better yeah go see this before you watch X3. Or in fact, don't, don't watch, watch X3. Don't watch X3. Yeah. And go see this. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, let's take a break let's and we'll meet up again in a couple days. All right. Why don't you try and start this car? Where are my keys at? I don't know. You got to oh, lean Oh, I tossed them in the back. Just lean in. You're going to get yelled at by Sam if you do not put the keys in the car. You're listening to the Racking Focus Podcast. And we're in the studio now having a conversation about Dark Phoenix just a couple days after we saw the film. And we're going to sort of see what uh, we have discovered on the path between Friday and today. And we're also going to talk a little bit about changes in our thoughts. So, Josiah, where do you want to begin? Uh, you know, it, there's really no good place to begin because there's really almost nothing good about this movie. Uh, that's probably a little bit harsh. but It's a little bit harsh. Uh, okay, so I want to just start with uh, something I found on Reddit, uh, which pretty much sums up the movie for me. Uh, TV Junkie 93 said on June 6th, at 8.28 p.m. I'm not saying it's a train wreck. I'm just saying there's two wrecked trains in it. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much that's pretty much my uh, my feeling. Oh, is it's wow. a train wreck. It's just a train wreck. Uh, and they put the second train wreck in because they didn't want to uh, pretty much copy Captain Marvel, it feels like. Um, I imagine it was going to be in space, and you mentioned that... Definitively going to be in space. Yeah, uh, and you mentioned that the... Um, there's aliens. a real good chance the aliens were going to be the scrolls instead, yeah. and it would have been the queen scroll in charge. Right. And then, of course, the twist of Captain Marvel, spoilers for Captain Marvel, is about a positivity there, and that right. would have not functioned in this storyline, and you would have had two competing sort of scroll right. uh, concepts. Yeah. And, and with this being the last X-Men movie, then that would have bled into the MCU, and there's no way they could do it. Yeah. So we end up with this alien race that does exist in the comics, and is destroyed by the Phoenix Force. Okay. So, like, that yeah. stuff is present, although it's not significant to some of the early comics that uh-huh. I'm going to actually end up talking about a little bit. Um, I didn't realize what the Jessica Chastain's character's name was throughout the film because I didn't ever hear them really say it. I don't believe they said it. What was it? It's Vuck. What an awful it's name. It's V-U-K. It's a comic book name. Is it? But yeah. I'm, I'm, so it's an Easter egg. Right. But one, perhaps... Best left unhatched. Yeah, they like just never said it on camera. Not, or uh, really. in the movie. Maybe that's what they did. Maybe someone said it. Yeah, and I thought they were cursing, maybe. I don't know. Or they said yeah. it and they laughed and they were like, oh, we right. can't, we can't, <laughs> we can't say, say it. Yeah, we can't say we'll just name. keep it because it's an Easter egg. <laughs> someone will know. Like some internet YouTube guy right. will be able to talk about it. Yeah, us. Is uh, actually, us. There you um, go. Yeah, uh, I still don't like the movie. It has a wonderful 22% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, pretty much everybody that I've I've seen online talk about it has just said they've really not liked the movie. Um, I think there's some critics that, that actually are only trying to talk about the good parts of the film, and so they rate it a little bit higher, trying to avoid the. And that might just be because they're trying to stand out in the review right. lineup. Right. But uh, yeah, I just I don't think this film is any good. And it, it what hurts is that we've seen the superhero. Uh, 
film franchise done right, almost perfectly with the Avengers from Iron Man all the way to Endgame. Um, We know how it should work. Um, We know it can work. It's just when they introduce uh, Gene in one movie prior to the one that we're supposed to be focused on in Dark Phoenix, um, we don't know her. We don't. I don't feel anything for her because I haven't gotten to see her evolve over more than. one movie? Well, and a less? horrible movie. And a horrible movie, yeah. To be clear, the movie she we meet her in is the worst of, uh, definitively, potentially the worst comic book movie, but right. definitely the worst movie in the X-Men series. Yeah. And that means that we are not connected. We also haven't rewatched that film. Right. You know, so I rewatched Logan because mm. it's fantastic. Right. And any character in Logan who reappears, I have a connection to because I've committed right. to that film. But I Yeah, I don't want to watch Apocalypse uh, again. I, I, don't. I, I, I don't think I could watch the last 20 minutes of Apocalypse without no. like losing my mind. And so and so the question then I, that I started thinking about was is Dark Phoenix better or worse than The Last Stand X3? Because I felt emotionally more connected to the previous Jean Grey in X3, even though that's an awful movie. Right. Um, but it's not even strictly about Jean in that film. It's about Logan and his struggles surrounding this love triangle with her and Scott and him having to um, pretty much kill her at the end, right? And you, there's this empathy that you feel towards him. You feel bad for her. And like we've gotten to see her in X1 and X2. Uh, so you get to you get to know the dynamics and the relationships between everybody and w- with Gene in those previous in that previous uh, trilogy. So yeah. in here, it's just like oh, here's Gene. She got these powers and she can't control them. And I don't feel anything for you. Feel bad at all for you because we just got to know you. Uh, so that's just maybe maybe it's better or worse. I, I don't really I, know. So I think as a film, mm-hmm. it's better. Mm-hmm. I think as the story of. Of Gene Gray, of the of the writing, of the acting, it's worse. Yeah. You, you the last sequence in Last Stand is so horrible, yeah. and it's for me part of the problem is it betrays what emotionally is happening with Gene and Logan. Right. Because you get that, but you get it in so deep in the crap mm-hmm. that it's hard for me. Like I I remember that moment, right. but I care about it because I read comics where right, I understand right. that emotional relationship, that hard choice. Yeah. And, and I don't feel like I saw that on the screen. Here, it's, I mean, here she makes the choice. So right. that sense of sacrifice is missing, right? which is significant, I think. One, one of the things I wanted to talk about was mm. about the comic books. And so I'm just going to do that. So these are the old uh, stories of Phoenix um, in their sort of original form. And what you need to know is that in the original comp, so... This comic, which is uh, 137 of uh, the original X-Men run, um, cheap 75 cents to buy it, um, <laughs> is is the moment where Phoenix goes. Like, it's the Phoenix goes away story. Phoenix where she's must destroyed, die. Right? Yeah. Phoenix must die. But notice it's not Dark Phoenix must die. Right. You get me? Right. And this thing happens in the comic where Jean's power exudes out. Mm-hmm. She becomes this dangerous thing. And Scott makes sure she dies by a... A, a blast of a right. weapon, and right. so he's made that sacrifice. Right. And so, but the key to this is this is issue one thirty seven. Jean Grey's been in the comic for quite a while. The yeah. Phoenix Force has been growing. Right. There's a giant. If if you start in like issue one hundred eight through here, there's a build. So that means something like thirty comics to get to the point where we kill her. Yeah. And then you know when we're looking. I mean, I'm talking about no, the other ones, the it. earlier yeah. ones. You know, we have, like, the, where Phoenix comes. And, like, this kind of imagery is what we see in the movie, mm-hmm. you know? And then, of course, the horrible cover of Dark Phoenix, which may mean Dark Phoenix has problems. Anyway, it's a pretty horrible cover um, <laughs> and works. But the, we see a group of X-Men who, in these stories, know this person. Right. And this force that's growing in her is very much from her. Right. And so we can't blame it on someone else. She's trying to control her own identity. She knows it's bad, sure, but the real kicker of it is it becomes a story about self-sacrifice. Yeah. And Scott doesn't want the uh, these these aliens who are really like the Justice League of America, refra- <laughs> or the not the Justice League, the the one that Superboy is in. I don't like DC Comics. Sorry, I know I just made bad friends, or admit are good enemies. Um, but the, those characters appear redone so yeah. that we can. Marvel is making fun of the DC universe right, there, right. Um, and. And we see this thing end. But the key for me is it's issues and issues, right? Dark Phoenix appears in 135. 
we see Dark Phoenix die in 137, but we see the Phoenix up here in 120, like so many books, yeah. and we had no time here. Yeah, it's just rushed. It's completely rushed. Yeah. I, I just want more time with the, I mean, we've seen it play out like with Avengers. We know that it works. So just instead of investing in the entire story to take place in an hour and 45 minutes or two hours, let's take some time. And like we mentioned, like, I'd like to see more of what dorm life is like at, you know, Xavier's school, you know? Um, I loved the first, I think, uh, 30 minutes of the movie up until um, Gene starts to really feel the effects of, the f- like, I loved the party at the school. Yeah. Never thought about that being a thing they did, but, yeah, they absolutely would have. Um, and I loved them working as a team in the beginning. Um, it was pretty much after she blasted her way and, uh, you know. Like, blew everybody blew down everybody in that up. moment. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, um, and then we start started hearing about, down. oh, she's out of control. And, yeah. you know. The- There's just really quick. People just start to think differently once that happens. Um, not thinking of her as almost like a friend. It's just like she becomes this out of control thing. The other thing, so. too, is that opening sequences has such promise. Yeah. Um, both directorially oh, and yeah. idea-wise. Yeah. And so as you watch the movie and it really collapses. You almost feel betrayed a little bit. Yeah, you yeah. talked a lot about it feeling like a lot of little parts last time, and I've thought about that. Yeah. And it is, in fact, a movie that doesn't have a cohesive center. Right. Because they don't know what story they want to tell. So they, they really want to tell a story about Xavier finding out that he's not the guy he thought he was. Right. They really want to tell the story about this interesting commune that Magneto yeah. has created. They really want to tell the story of what happens to Mystique and her nobility in conflict with Xavier right. in this new timeline. They really want to tell the story of a new timeline. Yeah. They really want to tell the story of Dark Phoenix. And it and again, that's like four or five movies that they just crammed into one movie. And that's the, that's a significant mm-hmm. failure. Uh, yeah. And it may be what you're talking about in that fragmentary nature. Yeah, it know. felt so fragmented, so not cohesive to me. So, so like I, we, we talked about the fact that Buck is this... I'm gonna, I want to use that. I want to use that name as use often it as, as, as possible. possible yeah. um, it's not. I mean, Chastain must have been <laughs> devastated when she realized the name uh, that she was going to have. Um, so, <laughs> so Vuck, uh, and maybe the censors pulled it out. Maybe that's it. Maybe what happened oh, was that, that like, could be true. They yeah. said Vuck, and some censor yeah. said, "Oh, we got to give this an <laughs> R." So, whoops, no. This yeah, is we only allow one. One F word right. in a PG thirteen film. And so, even then, it was still kind of shocking to. It felt out of place. It did. It, it, it did. really did. did. So, I, well, and that's something else we can talk about. But, but the Vuck character should have probably uh-huh. been a scroll, right? Should, yeah. That would have been a really different movie. Right. Um, you know, the ending being in space and not on that train would have been a really different experience. We talked about that train. If it was in space, it one, it would have come full circle. Two, would everybody else be able to? fight up there with her or would it have just been Jean but but then people are at risk right so your plot armor starts to collapse because small fragmentation of whatever breathing suit you have would Uh do you in or here that's not the risk and so we see that plot armor which was so bothersome to us but out there you're always that chance that that someone at the last minute goes and it's what Guardians does so well right space is a deadly place in Guardians yeah and and so we're always in a position where we believe someone could freeze and stop breathing right here in that train no one was at risk no um at at all you know the i want to talk about tone a little bit okay yeah go um so uh i heard a really interesting uh uh interview today uh i was listening to the spoiler special on empire Mm. podcast about the about endgame right it's fantastic if you haven't listened to it you listen to it. it's fantastic hilarious and thoughtful but they talked about how to handle Fantastic Four right. in the Marvel Universe. And I think the Fantastic Four, people are like, get them in there. I'm like, they're the most dangerous group we can bring. They failed every single time. Yeah. No one knows how to manage them. Do we want to do that? And teams aren't the way to go. It's individual character stories. Yeah. But what they talked about was tone. And they said maybe the way to do it is to make the Fantastic Four the Shazam of the Marvel Universe. To make it the film youth, like kid-centered, so that right. kids can enjoy it. And what I wanted to say about this is, this movie doesn't know what it wants to be. It mm-hmm. doesn't know its tone. When you go to see Logan, you know what this film is. It is not yeah. a film for kids. No, it has it's, an R rating. It, and first it, scene, you know right off the bat what this is going to be. And this movie, I don't think, ever understood completely no. what right. the tone needed to be. Not that it was humorous or not, and it's what I was saying about the TV movie thing. Mm-hmm. It's that safety and sterility of a TV movie 
a, a traditional TV movie yeah, right. that doesn't have a tone because it's simply telling a story. Yeah. And that's where I felt like we were with this. Yeah. Um, what's a shame is like, I, I wonder if, uh, you know, how much Kinberg was uh, affected by the studio. Like if the studio really just crapped on his, on his work, on his movie, on his writing, on his directing, and just really limited him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because he did write uh, Days of Future's pa- Days of Future Past. Um, he has a lot of credits. He um, does. He did write uh, Last Stand too, which is interesting. Yeah. Cause he's already done this story. Yeah. Well, and but and that's the other question is why would you give the same guy who wrote the last Gene Grey Dark Phoenix movie as and it was a failure? Why would you give him another one? as his, like, directorial debut, yeah. essentially, you know? The only other thing I think that's on his list of directing is the new Twilight Zone series. Right. Um, which now I'm really concerned about. Um, so, I, yeah, yeah well, I just don't know what the choice is there. Um, but, you know, he can be a good writer. He did write Days of Future Past, which is arguably the best X-Men movie. Right. Um, not, for me, even not just in this new franchise, but... Overall, over the last uh, other than Logan, I think Logan's probably well, the well, Logan, best one. Logan's like on almost a whole like level. Not, right? Yeah, but uh, it does the thing that so it does the thing that's magic with these superhero movies. Mm-hmm. It's a single hero yeah. with people around them. Yeah. We're telling a single hero story. So even in the madness mm-hmm. of Civil War, it's a story about Cap. It's right. a story about Stark. It's yeah. everyone else is fitting into that. You know, Black Panther has a lot of characters in it. Yeah. But it's a story it's of one Black guy. Yeah. And and this movie doesn't know who it's about. It yeah. can't be about Xavier and Jean Grey. It can't right. be. It's too much. And when you look at his credits, but certainly Apocalypse suffers from the same thing. Yeah. Fantastic Four from 2015 suffers from the same thing. And But he found a way to make it work with Days of Future Past. It was, a lo- was it a longer movie? Was that movie longer? It was longer than this. Yeah. But not by a lot. And okay. it had so many more characters. Yeah. Right? It, I wonder. I wonder if the complexity. I wonder if the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe we just need to stop making movies without Wolverine in it. Um, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, because right, it's him going back. You're just following him mm-hmm. around for two hours. And and the rest of the characters are in jeopardy. And uh-huh. We see them in jeopardy, and then we move back. To You're this right. It Logan is. It's story. focused on one person, whereas this is. There's so many different conflicts happening. Um, I did. I liked Xavier's character arc. I liked it. I really mm-hmm. did. That might be the one thing I liked from the movie. I just don't like uh, how uh, it felt forced. Um, like, I would have liked him to get there in a different way. Like, it felt like on the train when he's saying, like, I'm sorry, I was wrong, was like, uh, we should probably all work together. I'm just going to say this <laughs> yeah, so that yeah, yeah. you guys don't hate me anymore. Um, didn't feel sincere to me. And that's not, I don't think McAvoy's acting like being bad. This is, I think, just a weird time and place for this to happen. Yeah, of course I'm going to say sorry once I'm chained up and I can't use my powers or anything like that, right? Like, I don't know. It just bothered me. There's so many things that bothered me. Yeah, so I'm going to uh, – a thing that bothered me that's minor, but I just want to say it, yeah, was say the it. helmet moment where they were both taking off their helmets at the same time. Uh-huh. That uh, When you do the, that sort of literal parallel, um, when you haven't done anything, like, aesthetically interesting before that, yeah. that makes me crazy. That's yeah. a, that was a moment where I was like, oh, goodness gracious, he has to take his helmet off. Ugh. Right, so yeah. the crushed helmet. The, it was just a, it was stupid. There, and there, there were times when uh, there was just there was just moments that I was like, you don't need to show this. You don't need to show this moment. We know that Magneto has a helmet, and we know he's not wearing it right now, which means it's hidden away somewhere. Uh, like they did not need to go and show him pulling out this box from under his bed and lifting the cloth in this dramatic fashion, looking at it and then picking it up and putting it. Because it's not an Easter egg like, anymore. This is not like no one cares about this, and all I was I all I. Everything within me wanted to say, "What's in the box? What's in the box?" It has to. I mean, it has to be your helmet. This is stupid. Can we right. just can we just cut out this? And, and, one, and could we not instead yeah. of that have spent time with him talking with the guys who yes. he lives with about who's willing to go do this? Yes, thing? exactly. Like that team is another team of people we yeah. might be interested in. It was just time on screen wasted on stupid things when they could have spent time building character, building yep. story, giving you greater insight to. What Magneto's thinking, or what the other people around him? I, like, I didn't realize that the dude had some crazy hair mutant powers until he started using it later on. I love the crazy hair mutant. Yeah, it would have been too. fun to see more of him. I'm looking um, for who he was. Yeah, there's just so quickly. many issues. Um, um, let's see if we can find a positive here. 
Um, or maybe we just talk about. So, uh, I had a couple positives, so I'm okay, going to say that. Go ahead. And, and there's something else that has left my head now because I'm trying to find a guy's name. So, l- like I say, it's you can ride the ride. Mm-hmm. It's it's not a bad film. It's not a film that turns me away. Right. It's just a film that isn't good. It's just disappointing. And it's mm-hmm. flat. Yeah. It's not. There's nothing there for me to go. So, like, I'm not going to rewatch this. I, I, you know, but if it comes on HBO. Yeah, well, I'll yeah. probably watch it this yeah. Saturday night if it's on AMC or whatever, wherever right. Disney's going to vomit this or Fox is going to vomit right, this right. stuff out. Now I'll watch it right yeah. um, on FX. I guess I'd be on FX, and yeah. I, I would certainly watch it on FX, but I wouldn't watch it from start to finish. No. Um, but I might watch catch it. a segment of it or something. Yeah, yeah, there's 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 not enough pretty pictures. There's not enough panels, mm-hmm. but it's still viewable. Like it's yeah. a story I can watch. Right. I, I appreciate the actors. I appreciate the characters. So there's a positive I can get. The you. actors are too good for this movie. Without question. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what, what I've come down to. Ah, uh, oh, man. It's just so let, disappointing to talk to. Let me say something. The, uh, let me ask you this question, uh-huh. right? So we, we saw Godzilla. We saw this. Yeah. You didn't like either. I yeah. didn't really like either, although I, uh-huh. I like this more than Godzilla. I'm going to tell you why after you tell me that. that what, what I think? Answer. Yeah, talk um, about the two of them together for a second. This is it. So Godzilla spoilers oh, now. Go um, watch her episode. I think I, I think I, um, they suffer from a similar issue mm-hmm. of um, Why the I characters. Am. It's the characters suffering um, for the sake of spectacle again. Um, we've just seen that for the last. We saw it in Game of Thrones. We see it in Godzilla. We see it in this. They want to do cool things and cool uh, effects, and like they just the characters suffer. Um, the writing suffers, the dialogue is bad, like, there's just things that are happening that shouldn't be happening. Um, I don't know which movie I liked worse, um, or hated more, I guess, is the right, right phrasing. Uh, probably, I, I think I might have hated Godzilla more, only because I found myself rolling my eyes much more in the film than I did, uh, at this guy, but, and that's without audience affecting my mood because I think I really hated the movie if I consider the audience that we were with but yeah I would I would put Godzilla lower than this even though it has a higher uh, Rotten Tomatoes score and the critics would probably disagree with me on that but um, yeah why did you like Godzilla more than this is that what you were saying no I want to say I in a lot of ways I like Godzilla less than this oh that's the controversy that I know we both are sort of sharing Mm -hmm. and I think for me the difference is this Um, this movie just isn't doesn't do anything with what it's doing. Yeah. And the story isn't as precious to me. And and yeah. like these comics right. mattered. I read these as a kid. Yeah. I, you know, I own a bucket load of these that they, they, t- they told the story. Yeah. The characters are weak. They're underplayed, but the story just rides through. There's, but there's no risk of this disappearing. Right. Uh, X-Men aren't at risk. People know their value. We know what happens with Logan. We know what happens with Days of Future Past. We know what can work. And mm-hmm. on that note, when it moves to the MCU, yeah, yeah, it can yeah. only get better. Right. Um, I mean, it could destroy the MCU, I guess. But it could, really could only get better. And we, uh-huh. so we, so this movie had no stakes for that for me. Yeah, yeah. So right. I'm going to let it go more. You're concerned more about Godzilla not coming back to the The stakes screen. are higher with Godzilla, uh-huh. first of all, because... The character has a much longer cinematic life right. that needs a level of honoring. I felt like this movie honored these stories mm-hmm. more than Godzilla honored Godzilla's legacy. Right. Uh, and especially in relationship to the, the fact they dumped Easter eggs over top of the film instead of yeah, character right. content. And again, we can't deny that movie, the, the moment with Godzilla... Uh, underground explosion moment yeah you know there's moments I I think there's moments in that in Godzilla that's amazing I think there's probably a few moments in Dark Phoenix that are great um, even though none come to mind at the moment Godzilla's a prettier film right oh absolutely for for sure yeah Uh, and I absolutely understand that distinction yeah this has a this that first Experience right through to the argument mm-hmm. in the office between Mystique and Xavier yeah. is really rock solid. Yeah, it's uh, it's from there it goes downhill. I would have liked to see more panels. I would have liked to see the imagery should have been better, especially since you have source material to base shots off. Like I'm sure if we opened these comics up, 
showed it to the camera that we would find some really incredible. Like, what is this? Like, this is insane. Right. The like, cover right there, there's emotion on that cover. Yeah. Right? It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I don't have to put her in the Jean Grey no, costume, don't. Yeah, right? Don't do that. Um, right. Although one of the things I also heard was a conversation about um, the fact that Marvel's good at putting people in masks mm. and that the Fox folks aren't. And, right. I, and I think that that's an issue, too, for, mm. for the film. Uh, the, uh, having these sense. kids yeah. remain young, these characters remain young and youthful, mm-hmm. also is disruptive to the storyline, right? Right, right. We, we need them to have some maturity so that their relationships are more than um, some teen comedy on television, teen yeah. drama show, right? Right, right. Uh, feels too juvenile in a way, yeah. It just And, like, the characters feel young and the filmmaking feels like they're amateurish in a way, you know? Like, it just kind of goes together for some reason. And this guy, he's worked on things that are beautiful. Like, if he just yeah. watched the work of the films he produced, yeah. we should see a better movie. And there was money... For just, him to yeah. use, it's just the creative direction, and that's what it comes down to. And he's, I mean, unfortunately, he's to blame. I don't know. Yeah, I think that what we want to think about is this, right? As we as we sort of bring ourselves out, right? Timer is up. Is um, is this compare when we put this next to Endgame? Should the Marvel Universe be afraid of taking on X Men? Yeah, Fantastic. Right. Should they be afraid of the Fox properties, all of which? have failed in some significant way. I think they're going to give it one major shot, and if it doesn't work, then we're going to see them bury it for a little bit. Um, even though I don't think people want X-Men to go away, I think they X-Men's a major part of the comics, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're more... Um, they're more prominent than a lot of the Avengers characters. Certainly. Well, that's seeing, why right? the Avengers were available, because they didn't right. market them off as quickly as the X-Men. Right. And for an Avengers fan, like I was an Avengers fan, I always pissed me off like I was like man why won't they make the movie of the good characters yeah. instead of the X-Men who I was like uh, yeah okay, you, we good. waited and then uh, you you got what you I wanted I got what I wanted so and then all my friends who were X-Men fans <laughs> or, yeah hopefully they'll do something good with this it, and you know if they do they're going to make it more character based you know there's people studying what is wrong with the X-Men right now um, and they're, I'm sure there's a screenplay somewhere that some fan has written some random person has written that is incredible. Well, one of the great Godzilla stories is one of the best Godzilla films was a contest from fans. That's they hilarious. said, fans, write, this, write a movie, and this yeah. guy wrote the movie, and it's almost exactly what we see on the screen. It's the one called Destroya, Godzilla okay. versus Destroya. So we know fans can do it if they love the yeah. franchise and yeah. then are put in the hands of a good director. Yeah, and, exactly. and sometimes I think, man, business is business. and uh, It comes down to money. It comes down to, And they're going to make... And management. What, how much money are they in debt for this movie? Did, I they're don't not know what gonna numbers. They're going to get I, killed. They're yeah, gonna, I thought yeah. I read like $100 million or something yeah. like that this morning, but I don't know it's if that's the, actually It made right. the least money... Of any X-Men of film. Of any X-Men. Come out. Yeah. Uh, uh, 33, it says, $33 million domestic. Hmm. That's what I... Yeah. Yeah, and the franchise, the thir- franchise low of thirty-three. That seems lower than I even thought it was. Yeah, that's it's not going to. It's, it's not going to do. That's well. fifteen hours old too. So that's what. No, that's. that's and what's no good. what stinks? It is. It's time, time for us to, go. to something. Let's do something different. Yes. All right. So why don't we say goodbye? We're gonna break and we'll uh, close out with reminders. That's about great. Social media. Well, that'll wrap it up for this week's uh, Racking Focus podcast. We're so glad that you joined us and spent some time. We want to take a moment and introduce you, the newest member of the team. She's unhappy to be on camera, but we're making her sit here for a moment. Sam Detweiler, our editor and all-around person who tells us when we suck and we should be more professional. So, Sam, thanks for being here. Okay, good. That's great. <laughs> That's all, all right. that was needed. That's all we're going to get. Uh, so when you watch the video versions of this, you're seeing Sam's fine editing work. If you don't hear us say um as often as we had in the past, or you notice we didn't say something as stupid as in the past, she probably prevented that. She's also forcing us to count down, which you'll probably see in the outtakes. So, Sam, thanks <laughs> for, for being here. Um, Josiah, what's up next for us? We are going to give you guys the option. Uh, this weekend... We had two movies on our list. We don't really want to see both of them. We're going to choose one or the other. It's either Shaft or Men in Black 4. Uh, we're going to do a poll on... I think you can poll Twitter. on Twitter. I'm going to do Twitter. Can, yeah, yeah I'll do a Twitter, Twitter poll. Uh, we can also do Instagram and just combine all of them together we'll just, if you want yeah, to. Yeah, we'll do Instagram poll, Twitter poll, and we'll do, do a Facebook, Facebook poll. How about so that? any way you might be contacting us. Yeah. And that means you can vote three times. Yeah, you can also tweet at us or DM us. Um, 
at uh, you know uh, Pod Focus on Twitter. It's Pod Focus on Twitter. Pod Focus on Twitter. Racking Focus Podcast on Instagram, and you can always email us at rackingfocuspod at gmail.com. So th- remember, that one of the most important things you can do at this point is review us. And now that we've reviewed two films badly, I live in fear mm-hmm. of the evil reactions of people who've watched or listened to our podcast. So what we'd love you to do is give us a review. Five stars. Tell people about us. Share this on whatever social media you use. Let people get the word out so people can see Sam's fine work. You don't have to love us. You can disagree with everything we say. But Sam's future may depend on this as an editor. We want people to see her work, to hear that. And so, for goodness sake, if you can just treat this little trio of people trying to make a podcast with a five-star text-heavy review, positive, of course, especially about Sam's work, we would love it, and it would help us get more folks watching, and as a result, more folks going to see movies and talking about film. I guess that's it. I think that's it. We'll see you next time. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Racking Focus Podcast.